like a raving lunatic that has nothing to lose because you don't. And when you realize that, that's when you make the decision that you're going to play your best. Because if you don't, you don't have it tomorrow. You don't get another 48 minutes. That's what we're here All right, welcome everybody to the Sideline Trap Podcast, episode 13, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, Coach Jenkins, how you doing? Doing really well. Doing. Re- I, I just talked to you a little bit ago about I had a sustained a golf injury, which I didn't know was possible, but I had one, so I'm, I'm milking that off a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're always possible. Take some Advil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got another great episode lined up, another guest joining us, um, a great one for Coach Jenkins here. Um, your high school coach, right, Casey? Yes, sir. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, so we got Coach Patrick Heaton in the house with us. Coach Heaton, how you doing? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I feel pretty honored and uh, pretty excited to talk to uh, the current coach at Mountview and my former boy, California boy, uh, Casey Jenkins. You know, <laughs> I got I got to start off by talking about when I first met Casey. Uh, I took the job and the first. Uh, time I meet the squad and everything. I walk into the gym. There's, you know, lanky six one, six two kid with sunglasses on and Bermuda shorts uh, down to his knees. Uh, yeah, he uh, he wasn't exactly uh, stricken with the basketball bug at that point. I didn't look at him and say, "Oh man, there's a player." <laughs> I came to the right place. But. Uh, he was uh, certainly a joy to, to coach over a couple of years, though. You noticed straight out right away, though, that there was some swag there. I, I noticed. <laughs> trust me, you you made an impression, and uh, <laughs> you know you continue making an impression uh, every day since. Thank you. <laughs> so, coach, um, what I usually kind of start off with with guests is just kind of get to know you a little bit. Tell us. Uh, where you've been, where you're at now, how you got there. Like you said, I know that you were the uh, former coach at Mountain View High School, where I'm currently at now. Uh, but take us through your journey a little bit. Yeah. So I started coaching uh, when I was 23, you know, right out of college. So we're talking 1993. So I'm dating myself here, but I think that's 27 years. Um, this is my this, this upcoming season, I believe, is either 27 or 28. Uh, I coached, uh, I started out of the gate with, you know, coached freshman team my first year, JV my second year. And then I, uh, working at Knicks camp down in New York, I, I met a coach uh, who coached at a junior college in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, he said, hey, I, I got this great job for you. I could pay you $2,000 and uh, you just pack up and, you know, move to Scranton, Pennsylvania from, from New Milford, Connecticut. And, uh Casey's been to my home in Connecticut. He, he knows it's a nice place. And, you know, uh, I know one thing when I was growing up, I said I'd never live in Pennsylvania because uh, I used <laughs> to take like 10 hours to drive through it, you know, when I was driving, uh, to, you know, cross country or whatever. And uh, so I took it 
And, uh, you know, so I coached five years in junior college there and we had some success. We were number one team in the country, I think two or three times and left there and took a, my first head job in 1999. I was a 20, 29 years old. I, I coached at Atlantic Cape Community College for three years. And then I got married and uh, 2003, I took a job to be the uh, athletic director and head basketball coach at Mountain View. And, uh, you know, uh, little did I know that would, you know, be a sequence that was, uh, you know, some of my best years coaching, that's for sure. Um, I didn't have the uh, warmest welcome, uh, as I'm sure Casey can remember. And uh, they were coming off, a, I believe, an 0-20-something season. Or maybe they were two years from that. Maybe they were three and 42 in the previous two years. Uh, but, uh, you know... It, so I spent four years there and, you know, we had quite a run. Uh, trust me, it was perhaps, uh, you know, the most solid four years of coaching that I had. And then I left there and went to uh, Pocono Mountain, uh, which was, you know, double L. No, I'm, no, that's Connecticut, which was, you know, the top division, 4A. And uh, we ended up uh, doing, you know, having some success there before I came back to Connecticut. So I had nine years head coaching Pennsylvania and three years in Connecticut, Greenwich. And now I just, now I'm in New York, John Jay high school and another three years. So that's 15. So this will be my 16th varsity basketball season for high school. Um, after nine in junior college and then two in high school before that. So, uh, I've been around a little bit, but the game has treated me well. Yeah, I'd say you're. I'd say you're, you've been around a little bit for sure. You're uh, your most seasoned guest so far. Oh um, yeah, yeah. We, I think uh, yeah, we had uh, Luke, Matt, Coach Tompkins, and and you. You're yeah. You're the seasoned, the vet. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've been you've been spent a lot of years doing the job, and you've kind of been all over in three different states, really. Um. In because you've been in three different states, did have you noticed any style changes in basketball in the states? Uh, or, but they're they're relatively close. I know that. But have you noticed any style changes state to state? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, in New York now, the past three years, I, I play with a shot clock. So Ooh, um, jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so not that I ever needed one because I don't think I've had a possession uh, as I was as a coach longer than. 35 seconds of my life but uh so but uh so that's a little bit different uh when i first went to scranton uh i had to watch uh you know some of the old greats and i won't mention any names you know with the 26 25 games uh down it's like in me. Uh, it's like me nowadays <laughs> yeah down in uh you know the old uh cyc you know watching jackie Lyons coach against uh jack kelly um, <laughs> but, uh, so I've seen a lot of different basketball, uh, but I, I noticed, I know that, uh, you know, it's always kind of been the same for me, uh, you know, the same style I've kind of taken, you know, and I've been fortunate, you know, I've coached, uh, in the country, you know, farm, farmlands. Um, I've coached in Pocono mountain, which was mostly, uh, transplants from New York. Uh, so it was a total different clientele, even when I was in um, Lackawanna, 
you know, we had, you know, mostly a minority team. Uh, so I've coached all white teams. I've coached all, um, you know, black teams and minority teams. So, but uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of different basketball, but in the end it comes down to the same thing. You can score more points than the other guy you win. So um, <laughs> I will say this. formula really. It, uh, yeah, no, it, it hasn't changed much. Um, mm-hmm. I see a lot more zones where, where I'm now in, in, in New York, but uh, it was kind of that way when I first went to Pennsylvania as well. Um, but Why do you uh, think that is? Uh, because it's easy. It's easier for the coaches and it takes a long time to coach and build a man-to-man team. And, you know, you got to put a lot of time in practice and a lot of guys don't like doing that. Uh, a lot of kids don't like being committed to it. Plus, a lot of the kids play uh, AU and nowadays. So, you know, an AU coach, the easiest thing for you is when you put in your 17 plays is you're not going to have many time to work on, you know, man-to-man defense. So, and you're playing six or seven games in a weekend. So, you really, you know, it's hard to do that. But, uh, you know, it's still the better teams when you get to the finals and you get down to it it's very hard to win at the high level with the zones um kids shoot so well right now so one of the things when i was at mountain view nobody played as uh nobody could play as man so we saw a lot of zones so you had to be able to shoot but then once you shoot uh you know without the shot clock it it was a lot different because if you were, you know, if I was up by 10 in, in a game in Pennsylvania and no shot clock and you were trying to play zone, well, that wasn't going to last very long because you could just hold it out or you could wait, you know, a few minutes. Not that I like to do it, but, you know, with the shot clock in New York, you know, you can get back into a game playing zone uh, a lot longer because, you know, teams got to shoot. Right. So it, it definitely brings a different challenge with the shot clock. And, you know, one day you'll get there and it's a, you know, it's a different type game. And, and uh, you know, so I was used to it from college. So I think it was an easy transition for me to do that. But uh, I know I try to schedule a game with with New York every year just so we, you know, every other year we can go up there and play with a shot clock. And uh, it's I just like it better. I like to play, I think, more of the style you like to play. I know you're speaking to Coach Gibbons when you're talking about the man-to-man defense. I spoke to his heart. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, like to play, I like to play a little bit, little bit of faster pace, too. And uh, bring me the shot clock. Make me, make me work more. I think that's what it ultimately does, don't you? Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely, as a coach, I mean, now brings a different level in practice. You know, you have to have your set and – you know, you're not going to be able to score off your six or seven set, you know, pass through the set. You can't keep resetting. So, you know, you got to put a whole new play in and, you know, basically, you know, you're down to 15 and we have a thing where we just, you know, I'll, I'll twirl my fingers. It means the point guard and big is going to do a pick a high pick and roll and guards are going to split because we got to get a shot. Um, you know, we can't continue to run the set we were running or the continuity offense we were running. So it definitely keeps uh, a different pace. And what we like to do is, you know, we'll, we'll pick you up in the backcourt, make you work it up the court. So we just try to condense the time that we have to play defense in the, in the, in the uh, backcourt, you know, and excuse me, in the frontcourt. 
I was uh, going to ask that. Do you see, do you see a lot of a lot of pressure because of the shot clock and a lot of maybe contained pressure? So you're not getting the offense until 20, 15 seconds left. Uh, yeah, the two two one is 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 the zone of choice in our in our league. Uh, just about everybody does it. Um, you know, and just about everybody two two one to the half court, and yeah. uh, they'll go back and pick up man. So I think that theory's out there. You know, we try to fight against it because we we kind of attack the two two one, getting thrown over the top, uh, making the the defense be out of place, and and scoring threes in the corners and something that we really work on. So you you have a harder time doing that against us because just because we feel like we're excited when you two, two, one us because we, we had some bigs who could shoot and uh, we take, uh, we put them in the corners and, you know, in two, two, one, the guy in the back's not real agile. So we just go cross court courses, courts for threes and you're shooting well, they'll be out of it quick. Right. You, you talked a little bit about, um, you talked a little bit about, uh, the, the pace um is there when you're at practice is the pace of your practice a very high paced practice because of the fact that you like to keep an up up tempo game or yeah. is it yeah um yeah no so we do our fundamental work um you know everything's quick but we when we scrimmage uh more times than not i, I don't stop action too much and it's full court go right away we don't even make our guys um they have to make an attempt to get the ball and balance the pass you know but basically it's catch and throw and we're, we're going you know we're, we're changing direction we're trying to get as many possessions 10 minutes and we used to do 10 minute stints um we have 15 players like I had last year. We'll do five minutes stints. One team has to stay on for 10. Um, and you have to be ready. So when, when I say switch, the other five, wherever that five is, you know, whether the team that's going off has the ball, then the new team coming on has to pick up the ball and go. Or if the other team has it, you got to, you know, we kind of scramble and you got to get into the game. So, uh, but a lot of our transition comes from, you know, I was talking to you a little bit about it on the phone the other day is we, we have to be really good at changing from defense to offense. And one of the struggles I've had where I am now is, you know, guys are so ingrained uh, from a young age to walk the ball up or you come in, you know, you, you trail the play or this is space. And we, in order for to be successful, all five guys have to run and you got to make a commitment to outwork your guy getting up to the floor. So when I coach the younger kids, that's what I always say to them is you just out beat your guy up the floor. You're going to get a layup constantly, just constantly, you know, work, beat your man up the floor and you're going to get a layup or you're going to put pressure on it. And then, you know, we got four on threes. It's sort of like, you know, the ice hockey rush, you know, you, you know, you want to have four on three, three on twos, five on fours. So, um well because of the because of the uh this is a something you're always pushing onto your kids beat your man up the floor does that force you to 
get a, make yourself have a, a larger rotation than you maybe would like? Or no, are you – no? I, see, I like big rotations. I mean, mm-hmm. my favorite quote is, nobody joins the team to sit on the bench. Um, you know, that's not their objective. So, um, you know, my big biggest criticism since I left uh, Pennsylvania has been when I was in – you know, when I first went to Greenwich – and then I hear is that I play too many guys. You know, these guys love playing six, seven guys and, and you know, beating them to the death and they trust them. And I just, it's just not my style. And I just like guys, guys want to play. And you got, guys want to be on confidence and you want to have as many guys you could run out. You know, perfect example was, you know, my last year at Mountain View, uh, we went to the first round of the state play, playoffs. We played Loyal Sock, probably the greatest game and you know that I have ever coached. And uh, I don't know if remember that game it was 98-94. We won in overtime. Might have been double overtime. And our leading, our second leading scorer was Josh Mattis had twenty one. Josh Mattis was our eleventh man. Right. And things just played out and, you know, the rotation and guys with foul trouble and the game just fit him and, and he was ready to play. I mean, I, how many teams, you know, you're, you're in the state tournament and your 11th man scores 21 points um, to move on to the next game. Next game, he played three minutes. Right. Um, I mean, the team was loaded, but, you know, we kept playing guys because – Guys want to play and they want, you know, they want to be ready and they, you know, and I think they cheer each other on and that you fight. So that, so my philosophy is a little different. You know, I, I don't, um, I, I really like long benches. I don't like playing less than nine guys. Um, you know, and I'll, I've been known to play 14 guys in the first half. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my whole get, team is just playing the whole team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, well. first of all, if I'm going to keep you, as I, mean, I tell them, if I'm going to keep you, it means I could think you could play. Right. I'm not going to keep you on the team if you can't play. And, uh, you know, it, it keeps guys on their toes. Uh, be I was ready. just going to say that it, it might, it probably dangles a little bit of a carrot at times for those, for those guys that are towards the end of the rotation, making sure that they're always ready because they may never know if they're going to play three minutes or they're going to play 30. You know, so, you know, so, yeah, so guys, if I want to play at that level and I, you know, I, I haven't had as much success the last few years as, as I would have liked, but a lot of it has, you know, you, you it takes a while. It, it's pretty good competition. I mean, we're, we're in Westchester, New York and a lot of money. So kids get whatever, you know, whatever training they need, a lot of personal coaches and all our youth programs around us they have coaches so who you know are getting paid just as much as i'm getting paid for varsity um you know you know you, you know you were where i was mountainville you know you, you're trying to get somebody to volunteer to be the coach and uh you know then it's a dad and so two years ago i started a, a youth program and i don't let dads coach um and i get uh, paid coaches for all the teams and uh, but that's how they like it. So, so you you know, so 
it's it's pretty tough. So I, I I like what I have now because I I've you know this is this will be my fourth year, and uh, pretty much everybody from third grade on up knows how I want to play and knows what I want them to do. And so I, I think we're getting to the point. You know, the biggest struggle is still well, you play too many guys. Well, you know what? If the other guys were that great, then I wouldn't have to play so many guys. I mean, it's just right. Right. You know, but the kids enjoy it. You know, I, you know, my, my best record in 15 years of, of, uh, coaching varsity basketball, I had one kid quit the team. Wow. Wow. And I've kicked off one. Years. I've kicked off one and I had one kid quit. That's, wow. a, that's a pretty good record. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause guys want to be on the team. They want to feel valued and, and, you know, I, I think I've lost a few games because I care about every kid more than I care about winning sometimes. Um, but I'm okay with that. You know, every year it goes out, you know, there's a story. Every, you know, you know, when I took over at Mountain View, they were horrible. They couldn't pass, Joe. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't do anything. But, you know, there was three or four seniors who – were, were okay. I mean, there was nobody who was like, you know, I had a great freshman class that was loaded, obviously that finished out. And, you know, if I don't come in and correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, none of those seniors are on the team. No. Casey might not even be on the team, mm-hmm. you know, um, Gardner's guys. And I was like, well, you know, there's a story for, for them to tell for these seniors for, for, for that year. And, you know, they want to tell their story. They want to have their season. And they did. We ended up winning 11 games. We won a district game, you know, um, and I got to know the community and, and I think they appreciated that. And, but those guys laid down the framework for what we did later on. I mean, we played Carbondale in the, in the, in the semis. They had a win in the districts that year. We lost 69, 65 Lucas back had like 18 points and 17 rebounds. And uh, it was just, you know, it, it, and then the following year, you know, Casey and, and then it was, you know, Johnny Evans. It was just another crew of kids who had their own story. And I didn't sit all those guys. I still had a strong class. I easily could have just, you know, now guys from, love. From the perspective what, of, of someone who has played under you, you're a hundred percent right in the, in the fact that you allowed guys from my perspective, you allowed guys to grow. You gave them an opportunity, possibly more opportunity than probably more opportunity than a lot of guys would certainly more than I would in some cases. Um, But that also made gave value over the years. You had certain players on, on the teams that I was involved with that would not have played on a lot of other teams because they wouldn't have been able to get on the floor for one. And then when they did get a shot, they were able to contribute. And, you know, you kept, kept dangling that carrot in that, um, in that Carbondale game that you just referenced. This is a, this was like a pivotal moment for me as a youth, you put me in towards the end of that game. We were getting slaughtered by the, uh, I forget the Gabriel kid. He, I think he yes, eventually yes, went on to walk good, on yeah. at Syracuse, Syracuse. Yeah. He was good. No, no. So we, we were getting slaughtered by him towards the end of the game, and he was literally dribbling circles around people. <clears throat> and I got put in at the end of the game, 
we're gonna you are gonna leave your and you're gonna go trap right here okay got it yep you got this is what you gotta do yep gotcha coach i get out on the floor and i hesitated on the trap and didn't fully buy into it it's like gave it half-assed effort and the disappointment now i didn't get chewed out nothing like but the disappointment that i felt from from coach heaton coach Gesford on the sideline never forget the feeling after that i was like if they're telling me to do it i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna do it because i don't want to feel that again you know i right. always remember that moment yeah we put i i remember that distinctly we put you in the game and you said your only job is to go in and trap this when it happens and um mm-hmm. didn't, didn't do happen it. you know <laughs> and i feel bad about your senior year because you know robbie doesn't have that leg injury we would have been three time uh <laughs> division three champs um yeah. no question in my mind um hobbling around pretty good what's that he was hobbling. He was hobbling. Around he couldn't good. walk. We still yeah. won fourteen games. I mean, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like uh, we couldn't do anything. Yeah. And he, he was on one leg. You know that team. Um, that's a team where I, I always say, you know, we got Johnny Evans, the only kid I ever coached who couldn't pass or dribble. Uh, really <laughs> couldn't shoot either, but uh, found a way to contribute. Would you like to share with the with uh, our listeners his patented finish? Oh, and then plus he was the best I ever coached on the behind the back layup um, <laughs> that most people only do in the layup lines, but uh, he liked to do it in the game. And really the only reason he did it was because he couldn't put two or three dribbles together. So he had to pick the ball up and do something to try to, you know, before he could finish. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Oh, yeah. back layup. So. Um, no, don't. You don't need to. You don't need to teach that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, coach, considering the time you've done this, are there any convictions you've had? Like maybe, maybe a deep rotation is one. Any convictions you've had over the years that you've you've stuck out through through times maybe when it hasn't been easy to stick out, or or maybe just not so many. Um, no, there is. I, I, I always stay true to my guys. So, I, you know, every guy on the team, like I said, has a purpose. And I've had some teams where kids don't play, but, um, you know, they still have a purpose. You know, if we, we, you know, I've had some, I've had literally had some games where I play 13 guys, 14 guys on the team. And we go into the locker room, the one guy who didn't play, is the only guy I'm going to talk about, um, you know, what he did in that game, what he sacrificed, you know, how he cheered his team on, whatever it is, because, uh, you know, that, that that's my number one conviction is, is that every kid has some type of value for your team and you got to make sure they know that value. Um, that's the hardest thing I think for parents to understand. And you would think it would be the easiest, but they only see, you know, the winning and the losing and my son or, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all about what you can do uh, for the team. And my other conviction is that I want kids to play hard on the defensive end. And I'll, I'll give a lot more leeway on the offensive end. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I have some things, you know, another conviction I have is uh, my best player taking a bad shot is better than my worst player taking a good shot. 
Um, I was that was literally going to be a question I had for you. Uh, which 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 do we want there? As far you want you want your best player taken maybe an iffy shot over a, an average or or maybe yeah, not a great you know player, I think it's the situation. I, I always tell the people, look who that guy is. Um, and and I and I'll, I'll be honest with kids. Do you think you should have passed it to him for the shot, or should you have taken the eight footer? Right. Um, or I'll tell them, you know, that's our best shooter in the corner. And you just looked them off and took a tough shot. I don't care who you are. You know, that you know you got to know the right, right material. The, the great, uh, you know. And if you're my best, like I had to do this with Robbie Johnson. I mean, I, I had to convince him that you know, Robbie, you got to shoot 20 times a game. I, I, you know, you know how unselfish the kid is and how modest yeah. he is. And, um, but you know, I can't have you, you know, keep giving up shots. I mean, because ultimately you're going to be our best player. So I actually learned that lesson from, uh, I was coaching at, uh, down at, uh, the, the hoop group. I was filling in for uh, helping out John Booch. Uh, I'm sure you guys are, are well aware. And, uh, Gibbs, you might even know the guy. So I'm coaching their freshman team and their best player is a kid by the name of Sean Hayes. Yeah. Sean know, Hayes. Sean. Yeah. Yep. Sean was a hell of a player. But he was he was as unselfish and, you know, he probably was never. And uh, so I was helping Booch out. He goes, you tell Sean he's got to shoot every time, you know, <laughs> he, and they come in again. No lie. So I spent the whole game calling Sean, keep shooting the ball, shoot the ball. Why'd you pass the ball? Why did you do that? They <laughs> end up scoring like 20 in the second half. And I tell them, see, that's why you shoot the ball. Because all the other bozos, they can't shoot the ball. <laughs> you know, so there's times when you got to tell kids. But, you know, it, obviously that's an over-exaggeration. But that's exactly what I told them that day. You know, it was, you know, when I coached, I was fortunate enough to coach uh, Jerry McNamara in AAU for two years for Bucci as well. And and uh, I didn't really have to tell them much. But there's times <laughs> I had to tell them, like, okay, you're – you know, for the next five possessions, I, you're not passing the ball. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because good things are going to happen. And then uh, after that, then when they start, you know, not guarding the other guys, then they make the shots. But, uh, yeah, but I, I don't I don't put anybody on the floor and tell them not to shoot. I've never I, I just don't believe in it. Um, I, I believe it only puts fear in kids. Uh you know, so it's my job to then make them be able to shoot. I mean, I even, you know, I just try to teach rhythm, confidence in your shot. You know, if a kid steps up and shoots a three, you know, and with confidence, even if he's not a great shooter, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, it's just, I got to live with that. That's part of how I coach. And I, I know it's hard to hear, but I mean, I even let Gardner shoot, you know, step up and shoot threes, you know. <laughs> But he, he but, but there's another story of a guy who he really was a non-factor. We play in the Honesdale tournament. Casey senior year, we played four. We played the four city in the Honesdale back to back to back to back. Casey faked having the flu, um, so he couldn't go to one of the games. <laughs> but it was the fourth game, and uh, we go to overtime, and and. Gardner hasn't even played. I don't. Maybe he has. I don't know. But he he scores eleven points in the overtime. But he's the only guy on the court with any kind of legs. 
and uh, he looked like he was playing amongst kids. So, but he, you know, this is never, this is exactly what I was talking about. He I was never a, let he him believe. I never let him believe that he wasn't good, and I he, never told him he wasn't good. He was a guy who when I wouldn't have caught it because he he came into the game late. He didn't have really any skills. He was he was athletic. Yeah, and he was strong, and you found ways to to use him there. But you allowed him you allowed him to shoot the ball where I don't know if a lot of guys would have, truthfully. Well, I think he had a four point play one game. Um, so yeah, just because I think that's why the people sign up to play the game. They you know they want to play, you know they want to play fast, and uh, so that's just been you know kind of how I've I've survived, and you know it's. Uh, been a long career but i enjoy it you know i get i coach did i coach that game against you last year joe or did i my assistant coach the game uh i think your assistant coached it if i remember correctly i know that's probably why we won um (laughs) my coach we were screwed it up you know well actually you actually helped us out because for the first three quarters you ran the same place 17 times that's all we did, baby. That's it. Right. And then if you got a shot, sometimes you did, but uh, then you started letting the horses out and you got yourselves back in the game. Um, but uh, you, I tell you what, you guys ended up having a pretty good season last year, right? Yeah, we um, were district finalists, made it to the first round of state, uh, first round of state playoffs and lost uh, by well, three. So You should be pretty proud because when I saw that team there, I wouldn't have told, I would have said no way. Um, no, that's why, our, that's why. That's why. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. That's that's why our games were in the 40s and stuff like that. We um, did a real nice job with those guys. So thank you. But thank whatever you. you do, but you know, I think what's key to know is I may let guys go and and do their thing, and I feel value. But you know, you you were able to get your kids to believe in what you were doing, you know, and I I think that's the the, the number one thing in coaching that uh, you know sometimes gets lost. Um, you know, the kids got to believe in what you're doing, uh, in some form and it's harder and harder because, you know, you know, even I was lucky at Mountain View because as much as the people in the stands didn't believe in what I was doing, um, sometimes, um, you know, the kids on the floor did, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we were 19 and one, um, my third year there, this was the year after I left Casey and, you know, I was walking, you know, from the locker room to the thing and at least four guys stopped me to tell me what was wrong with the team and why we were playing so poorly. And I, and I was, I was, and I, you know, I, I walked to the back to the huddle and I was talking, I'm like, am I mistaken? And I, I believe we're 19 and one. Um, we're the number one team in the Northeast. Um, and they're trying to tell me what's wrong with our team, you know, and uh, we still don't get credit. And, I, you know, people don't think, but that's that's OK. It's not about me. It's not about I don't need them to think that I was a great coach. I need them to think that those are great teams and those kids. And and that's, you know, to me, it was worth it. I mean, it was uh, it's always worth it. I, I, I got thick skin. There's a lot of guys who told me in my lifetime that I don't know what I'm doing but uh that's the way it goes well i i know uh having played for you it was uh it gave me a real boost and boost in confidence in buying into something uh believing in it 
and being able to know that you can get the job done. Whereas before, before you had gotten there, there was never really that feeling. And playing for you and coach, coach Gesford was really the reason that I wanted to get into coaching after I graduated and coach Gesford gave me an opportunity to do that. But that was really the reason I wanted to get into it because I, I looked up to you guys and how you approached handling us and the confidence that you gave us. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, no problem. Uh, you know, my, my couple of years that I got to coach with coach Gesford were, were pretty special. And, 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 you know, we really egged each other on to be better coaches. And, um, you know, we were very different people, um, in some ways, friends, always good friends. And, uh, but we kind of like, believed in each other's way of doing things and uh it really worked and, and you know it was I, i've never had a coach that i worked as well with as him um just for cause of that i mean we were able to do a lot of different things but you know it goes back to like letting the players as as i you know I, I was very comfortable letting him take the lead on a lot of things. I, I, there was no ego. It was trying about what was better for the team and what was going on. So he, uh, you know, he was able to get his influence on, you know, and there's even people say that he was highly responsible. And you know what? He is. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. You know, if you say that, you know, but it's someone once told me somebody has to let him do that. Or somebody has to let the players to do it, but he uh, he's he definitely a, a, a more of a student of the game than me. I I you know I'm more of a psychologist manager. You know I had a lot of psych. You know my nobody really understands as much. Maybe you do, but the psychology I had to work when I was up at uh, Mountain View between you know there's a lot of different kids. Um, well, when I, the feeling that I had gotten after you got there playing for you in that first summer, that feeling that I had, you'd given us yeah. that same feeling. I tried to take that when I went to Blue Ridge and I'll never forget this in the summer. I had coached there for my first varsity year. So that the, the summer after that, so going into my second year, I had knew I had a good team. And I knew it was very similar. They they bought what we what I was selling. They were they had some talent. <clears throat> and that summer, I had a conversation with uh, a, a member of the community, and we we were playing a four A school in the exhibition. And I said, "This it's early on. This is a very important game for us. Like this is a this is a very important game." And that person laughed at me, and I was like, "This this is the issue." you you people aren't it's not trickling down because you're not telling them that it's a possibility they they buy it why don't you buy it right now we ended up losing that game by one so i was wrong i suppose but i didn't i never thought so and then after that, that game i noticed that 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 conversation amongst the community and the parents of people in the stands it totally changed after that they were all in but I'll never forget that moment where it was like an actual laugh in your face because you think you could compete. And I was like, why don't you? They do. They think we can do it. No, it's it's uh, you know, that was one of the biggest things I, I did at Mountain View is we played in like two summer leagues, three summer leagues. But my last two years there, we won at Bishop Hannon, at Edmonton Heights, at Scranton Prep, at Old Forge, at Dunmore. 
Like we went to every single school and played every single team. And, uh, you know, uh, I had to, too. The, the year that year, Bishop Hannon went to the state finals, I believe, if not the state semifinals. Yeah, I was I was actually on that team. I was a sophomore on that team. Well, you were on that team when we came in yeah. the gym and spanked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that that is that's probably and I like talking about. I thought about this with my assistant coach, and we talked about it. Like, that's a statement win, and that's something that I haven't had in Mountain View is beating somebody that everyone doesn't think that we can beat. And I remember, like, I, re- I yeah, I remember that game clear as day. I remember Chris White banging five threes. Yeah, um, I remember Robbie Johnson scoring twenty seven, and and him and Chris Osborne dueling. It was a hell of a game. I remember there was a uh, hot spot was, it, down in the corner, as always. <laughs> it was it was a great game, and you know, and uh, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, Paul was a great friend of mine, and and Coach Johnson, and and uh, you know, everything they threw at us, we had an answer, and because uh, they had a great team, they had Osborne. Yeah. Simeon was on that team too, right? Simeon, yeah, Simeon was on I mean, that they, team. They, well. they were a, a good basketball team. Uh, we were de- we we were up ten early, and, and it was never closer than six or seven. And uh, like you said, Robbie just he just dominated the game. It was like yeah. crazy. But that was our game, and I'll never forget it. We went down into the. That's when we started. the the because uh, we were walking into the place? Somebody goes, "Who are we playing? Mountain who?" <laughs> you know so and that was our cheer the rest of the year so i went down and after the game i, I didn't say a word all i said was mountain who who <laughs> and they started screaming mountain view and it was that was it so yeah so those kids were just you know i think you, you get a lot of that in pennsylvania you just take kids all over the place summer leagues wherever camps and you just got to make them believe they can play with anybody because we're not playing you know one thing about the Scranton area, there's some good basketball teams and everything, but they're, you know, you're not playing Newman Garrardi. You're not playing teams that you have no chance against. Um, and, you know, so for two years, the best team in, in the Lackawanna League was in, you know, Division Three. Uh, you know, at that time, they called, you know, the Mountain Schools, the Hicks, whatever you want to call us. That's where it was. Um because those kids believed that they were, they were that good. And it started, you know, a couple of years earlier, but you know, those kids wanted to work. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely a good ride. Uh, yeah. You were a, you were a bunch of a uh, bunch of Hicks coached by what, what kind of hat you got on here. This isn't a fedora. What is this? That's my Irish cap. Your <laughs> Irish cap, a bunch of Hicks coached by a, a gentleman in an Irish cap. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think you probably have the same, and you know, I was very uh, everywhere I go. I try to be part of the community, and you know, I, I don't hide. Um, trust me, I've had a lot of parents. I'm sure were mad at me. You know, uh, you could always ask. You know, one of the prized things. So I get hired. You know, at some point, and uh, you see, you see Butch anymore, Casey? No, no. Anyway, but he wasn't very happy. You remember that? No, uh, never. <laughs> but he wasn't happy when I got the job. <clears throat> no, no, um, but he was rarely happy anyway. But I, I, I really, like, people are like, he may run you over, just so you know. <laughs> and uh, I went to LB's wedding, you know, a few years back, and 
he said, when I saw him, he started crying and said, I, I'm so happy you're here. And yeah. uh, the rearview mirror will help out with a lot of that too. Well, you just, you're just true to yourself. And I think, you know, I, I think that's kind of what I found out about Mountain View and those people and the people that I really liked. And, and that's how I coach. If you're true to yourself, that's all you can be, you know, I, you know, it's, I'm sure you have these conversations all the time. And, you know, my standard answer is, do you really think that I'm not playing your son, but he could help me win, but I have a vendetta against him. So I'm not going to put him in the game. So we'll lose just yeah. so you, I can get my vendetta against your son. You really think that's what my, you know, I, I, I stay up at night saying to myself, you know, I really don't want to win this game. I want to make sure that Johnny doesn't help us win. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like my stable answer. I mean, you know, I, well, over the years, I think there's um, another obstacle that's kind of come up and this would be a good one to talk to you about considering your length of time you've coached is um, you're obviously talking about in-person conversations, but now you have the, the social media aspect of things that are that are come into play have you dealt with any any social media obstacles or with your players maybe parents anything like that no i know some guys that have yeah no i'll tell you what uh, uh, the most backlash i used to get on social media was you know believe it or not 20 years ago um remember when penn live was big when i was coaching at mountain view um and i got killed on penn live all the time you know, he's just an AU coach. He has this, you know, come in, you know, where it's all the players, you know, and that's fine. Um, you know, I've been getting that my whole, you know, my whole life. But since, it, you know, that like Twitter and all that, nah, I, you know, I, you know, maybe I'm just lucky. Maybe I'm fortunate, but I've had very, you know, it's like I was talking before about, you know, kids quitting. I've had three or four in 20, you know, years, three or four parent meetings. Right. And, uh, was that, you know, I, I just truly believe that if you kind of just do what you say you're going to do and then you do your best and, and, you know, it, you, I play guys. So that you, you never say to yourself, man, my, if I, my kid only had a chance. Right. You know what I mean? I play yeah. guys. Yeah, now with Huddle, now with Huddle, you know, we do the Huddle live. I don't know if you guys do that where they stat the whole game for you and plus or minus, you know. You know, I had yes. a parent meeting last, maybe two years ago. And I said, he has a minus 70 on the, you know, the the, the rating. You know, do you, you really think that what, you know, I don't understand what you're trying to say this kid can do. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, minus 70 is a lot. <laughs> you, you can't. It's just. And and and, I, and and the AD told him. Your son would never wouldn't play in one other high school coach in America would give him a chance. Th- that he got. And so. W- w- how could you be upset with this? You know, because I'm always a sucker for the. First year, senior, good athlete, gardener type. You know what I mean? Like, 
you feel like they they you, you can know, only you be the give guy give one them a opportunity. shot. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So. I get it. Um, who are some who are some coaches maybe over the years that you've either learned from or stolen some things from? Uh, well, the first coach that I got a lot of stuff from when I was just getting out of college was uh, I worked Manhattan uh, basketball camp a couple of years. Fran Fraschilla was was the coach at Manhattan at the time, and uh, so I worked three straight weeks. You know, when I walked into his office, like he gave his entire playbook, the entire thing, the copier, make as many copies as you want. I copied his entire book, um, kind of how, you know, he went about things. So that was a big start. And then when I started coaching, to be honest with you, I, I put a lot of things that I, I didn't think were very good when I was playing. You know, I, I decided – you know, I coached my first team when I was 13 years old and I coached the um, eighth grade, like eight year olds in the rec league in town. So I coached when I was 13, 14, 15. No, excuse me. I was 14, 14, 15, 16, 17. Then I w- went to college and, uh, you know, I didn't coach while I was in college for four years playing. As soon as I got out, I started coaching. So. I, I didn't play for a lot of great coaches at all. Uh, my football coach was, was, was very disciplined. So I, there was a lot of stuff I got from him. Uh, I don't, I, you know, then when I moved to Pennsylvania, you know, there was a lot of good coaches. Uh, I worked with Booch for a few years. So obviously I got some stuff from him and, you know, you just kind of steal things from guys here and there. Uh, but I, I, I will say that I've kind of done things my way for a long time. And, and, and what I mean by my way is the kid's way. You know, yeah. I kind of coach by the kids. It's, it's never been, you know, I've changed a lot of styles. I've run a lot of offenses. Um, the only thing that's been constant is, you know, for 25 years, I can't coach zone for a lick. Um, so we play, you know, you know 90% of man. You know, and uh, even when I have zone teams, I, I just can't coach it. I'm just not good at it. I think it's probably because I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm a, such a believer in the man to man. So, you know, that's been probably the only consistent. Um, and I didn't become an up-tempo coach until my third year. So I coached a freshman team first year and we were, we were 13 and 0. And my goal was to let the other team couldn't score 10 points in the quarter. So and then the next year I had the same group move up. I moved up to JV and so did the same group. So we're still pretty good. And uh, maybe we'd won like, so we won our first 10 games. So I'd won my first 23 games coaching. I'm like, man, this is easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, got it licked. And then, so, but then we got behind and, you know, we ended up losing a game like 43, 42. It was close. I mean, I'm like, man, this is too close when you're, when you're, you know, you're such a defensive team and, you know, the other team gets a few baskets on you. Well, you're not used to it. So when I went to Mountain View, you know, after coaching in college, it was nothing like that. You just coach good defense and you run and play. 
I become, you know, my thing at Mountain View when we were the number one team score, we were the number, I believe we were number one in the state, um, our junior year in scoring average, not my junior, my third year. And, uh, was, you know, play great defense, but you know, I, it's easier for me to take play defense on two or three possessions than it is, you know, and come back. So if I have some bad possessions, at least we can score more points and get ahead, you know? Right. Um, what are, do you have any, any, um, well, first of all, I think you probably should add a couple of years to your resume, considering you started coaching when you were in your teens. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't. I know you don't want to date yourself too much, but we should probably add a couple of years. My uh, my 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 junior year, I won my first championship. We won the Saturday morning league. Nice. <laughs> just so you know, you got started right. early. Yeah, I'm like Coach Gibbs. I still don't have. I don't. St- I still don't have that that one that really really good one yet. I'm still searching for that one. <laughs> But uh, do you have any advice for like some, especially younger guys, uh, just some out of the gate advice, general general stuff that you've, you've that's served you well over the years? Yeah, I, I think that the, the best advice I give to young coaches, because you know I've had a few, and, and it's, is that you know you're coaching for these kids. This is this is their time. This is their chance. This is it. You know, if you coach, you know, like I said, this, I've had 25 years of it. But for those kids, that's their only time. So biggest thing I tell coaches is don't throw away seniors. It's very hard to win without seniors because they have that search, you know, the sense of urgency. Right. And then the other part of what I say is don't throw away seniors because you, everybody, you know, when you take over a program, you start new, like usually they're not doing very well. There's some seniors who, okay. And they probably will service you this year, but you'd be better off playing a younger kid and be ready for next year. But it just, in the end, I, I don't feel like it pans out in the long run because you're constantly doing the, you know, and you know this team, and I'm sure you see it in that league a lot. Coaches love starting five sophomores or three sophomores and two fresh, you know, and and saying, well, we're going to be really good in three years. So my theory is, well, what about now? I mean, you got to believe that you're going to be good now. Whereas if, if you start throwing away kids – Everybody picks up on it and that, you know, sooner or later, the kids understand it, you know, Hey, you know, he didn't care about John Smo. Why is he going to care about me? So I think you coach your entire team and you coach your entire team that season. That's it. Cause that's all that season is. It's, it's just one season. And th- those kids only have that season, you know, for those seniors. And you know, I give the same speech every year. Like, you, 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 this is what you'll remember your whole life. This is it. You know, you, you get to live a long, long time. But you only get to play high school basketball for about two hundredths of a percent of your life. So you can't throw away games. You can't throw away practices. And you just got to go after it. And so, I mean, the goals have to be the same. I mean, you've, I've coached bad teams, but... The goal is always the same. You know, we're going to win, whether it be the league championship, we're going to win something. 
but we're going to do it together and we're going to find a way and you're going to keep working. And the other thing I'd tell him is I never win a game as a coach, but I know for sure that I lose every game. <laughs> um, and I go into the locker room after every game we lose and, you know, I've been fortunate to win a lot, but I've lost a lot. And, uh, I tell them the same thing. Sorry, guys. You know, I just didn't get it done tonight. And, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, and it's funny. 25 years, only one guy's told me I was wrong. And uh, it was my last year at Mountain View. And we had just lost to um, Bishop Hoban in the district final at uh, CYC, the old CYC. Now it's the Lackawanna Center, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, I got, I got a technical because they didn't call it goaltending. Long story thing, we ended up losing by two. Nick Stout missed a three in the corner that would have won the game. And I walked in the locker room and I stood there and I said, guys, this one's on me. You know, I lost my cool. I walk up, Robbie Johnson stands up. Coach, you didn't lose this game. Don't ever think you did again and that was it and i would tell you what as a coach that was probably one of my best moments yeah i was gonna um, say that's got to feel pretty good to have one of your guys back in a moment like that yeah it was it was a heat of a game and you know um so you know it's it's just i think you got to realize that these are kids man and and you you got to find a way to to make them all believe that they're they're part of the team and, and you're, they're going to get better and we're going to be successful. Um, so it doesn't always work out, but that, you know, they got to feel that. And I think when they walk away from a season, you know, I think when you walked away from your senior season, I mean, you guys were a team. I mean, you and, and I mean, you probably haven't seen Jared Bradley since, but <laughs> right? no, I, I, you, no, you're a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent. Right. You would, but that was a team. I mean, you know, when I was living there, you know, we had these big barbecues. I loved it. Yeah, I was 100% invested in what we were trying to do. And every, I felt like everyone was. And that what you're talking about resonates with me because I, I for sure felt that. Um, like I said before, it's actually, you know, it's one of the reasons I decided that I wanted to coach uh, after I graduated. So, yeah, you're spot on, spot on with that. And um, I... I think the big thing is you have to be, you know, it's not always about you, you know, yeah. it's uh, and I'm okay with it. And I like that. I, I, it's okay when they, you know, you know, when you win and they say, well, you know, it's players and coach, you know, that's okay. That's fine with me. I, that's what I want. I, you know, that's what I want from the guys. Right. Um, you know, that's who it's about. That's about them. And, uh, I think some guys, young guys, and, and I listened to your podcast last week and Lawrence was talking how he's gotten a little bit, you know, matured. And, and I, I think part of it was, you know, and I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it sounded like when he first started, he, he thought coaching was about him. And I think that's not very, uh, that's not an uncommon thing that guys think that, you know, coaching is about them. You know, nobody comes to the gym to see me coach. Trust me. <laughs> I've thought, I've, uh, I've thought that, and I know Casey, I've talked to you about this of, of 
the past, the past, at least the past four years, I've been really controlling with my teams. And I know I've talked to Casey about like, that's not the way that I want to coach. I want to let, I want to let my, I want to let the guys play. I want to be less controlling on the sideline because that's not how I would want to be coached. So I think like you're talking about young guys getting in and stuff like that and thinking it's about them or, or, you know, trying to control the game as if they were still a player, I think is a hard, it's a hard thing. It's, to, it's hard. It's not easy. You know. And, you know, and, and you have the enthusiasm and you're doing, and I, and I always tell guys and, I, and you know, and I hope you weren't offended when I told you that last year at the summer camp, but you know, Oh no, let them go. You know, and plus, I think it's. And I'll tell guys, and I think your guys will. Res- you'll have the same control in the end. You know, I think that's the hardest part. Is you you think that, you know, if, if I'm not controlling every second, that I'm going to lose control. But in the end, you, yeah. you'll have more control because the guys are going to think. You know, sort of like what Casey said, they're going to think in the back of their head. Well, this is what I should have done. And I don't want to be in that situation again where I'm not getting done what I need to get done. It's almost as if like the players become a proxy for the coach in a sense where they are, they've already bought what you're selling and you don't even have to have a lot of the conversations with them about a lot of things because they're already under, there's a different level of investment. I think from a player's perspective, when you allow them, when you give them more to do. Yeah. And it's not, I think it's just a matter of letting them go. Uh, it, you know, I know Case had talked to me about getting faster. Uh, Joe, you, uh, Jamie, your assistant has reached out to me a little bit about playing faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hardest thing is, is letting the kids go and then not necessarily having the skills that you think they need to have or to do it well. And, just got to kind of let him figure it out. And that's attack. the part. That's that's the that was the key for me. This is the the skill part you just mentioned. So I'm glad you mentioned that. It was always I didn't think that they had the requisite skills to be able to play that fast. Um. So you saying that is actually it's, it's kind of like a, a eureka moment in my brain. You know. Yeah, because they they uh, they'll figure it out. You know, they might figure out that they got to put the ball around their back. And then lay up and do a reverse because <laughs> that's what they got to do. But no, I, in all seriousness, you, they don't know until they do it for a while. And, you know, and, and, you know, you're fortunate that you have a lot, you know, not now with COVID, but usually you have a lot of time with the kids and um, they'll figure it out. You know, they'll, they will, and especially, and you know, the faster kids still going to win the race. So if your kid's getting up the court faster than the other kid, you know, chances are that, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going something good's going to happen. And then, you know, really, and if, 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 if he's going to miss, you know, he's going to miss, then make sure you have three or four kids come up the court, you know, Uh, because I've had some kids who can't make layups. I don't stop them from going to the basket. I just make sure there's a lot of guys coming after them um, to outwork the other team. And you'll find it. And, you know, one of the things that I'm interested in this season, uh, you know, here in New York, I don't even know if we'll play, but what's such a, what I'm going to really try to convince my team. And, you know, we're having a, a conference, uh, a zoom call next week is we're going to have a short season. 
Nobody's going to have a long time to get prepared, but I want to run and I want to run a lot. So find a way to get in shape and be, you know, top eight, nine guys that are in shape. Those are the guys are going to play because I think there's a lot of teams that are not going to be in any kind of shape. Um, so if I can guarantee that my team is in better shape than everybody, and then we're going to run, we're going to press, or we're going to play defense hard, you know, that gives us a shot, you know. So this is a different year. So I think there, you know, without a preseason, you got to find a way, you know. And if I was at the school, like, if, you know, whether we run or the kids, we tell the kids, here's your running workout. <laughs> um, so – you know, you got to find out what your edge is going to be for this season. Cause I think it's a, like a, almost like a wide open, obviously the got teams that have been together a while and know what they're doing will have an advantage in some sense. But I think also the team that decides, Hey, we're going to really work hard and we're going to, you know, figure out what our niche is uh, for this time. And uh, I think you could be successful. So, yeah, it'll definitely 100% be a weird year all, all the way around, whether you, whether we play, whether we have short seasons. It's definitely going to be a weird year, and I think you're going to see some of that, some of uh, the coaches' creativity show early on in some of the situations like like the one you're talking about. Yeah, and you're, you're not going to have And you're not going to have the time to run the place, you know, you know, over and over and over like you used to or, you know. So – you're going to have to figure out a way I think to get kids to be able to play, you know, I, you know, I think the both of you being young coaches. So I've done a lot with, I know you do the read and react. I've done a lot with the dribble drive, um, you know, very similar type techniques, but you know, just when you're starting your practices, find ways, get your guys to spots and find ways for them to attack. In, in the fast game and you, Joe, you put me on a great podcast. I loved, you know, and I, I, I rarely listen to podcasts, but uh, when I was listening to one of yours, cause I wanted to make sure I see if I could make fun of Casey or not. And uh, <laughs> you put me on to the coach used to be, I, I don't even know the guy's name. He's, he used to be at uh, West Liberty. I actually saw him coach when he was at West Liberty against East Strasburg uh, a few years back about playing fast. And it, I think the score that he was scoring like 130 points a game. Jeez. Um, but it was his, I thought the podcast was very interesting. Um, you know, and uh, you know, as far as, cause I've always, Casey will know, I, I've always been an hour fundamental guy at practice. Um, very, you know, my guys love saying, are we going to scrimmage? 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 And uh, so this year, I actually think I'm going to scrimmage more than I ever have. And because listening to that, and he made a lot of sense, and we're going to try to go with it. Yeah, that that pod that podcast episode made a lot of sense to me too. There was some some things I just hadn't thought about. It like uh, Coach Gibbs said, maybe a eureka moment in, in the way that uh, I thought about some stuff. I'm, I'm interested to implement some of it myself. Um, Coach Gibbs, before we roll out, do you have any any other questions for Coach Eaton? 
Um, no, not really. I know, Coach, I, I do just want to say uh, being at Mountain View now and, and you having been there that – those that group that you had that those that run of success that you had was a, a great motivation for me um taking that job and, and trying to put there's not many years up on that banner so trying to put a 2020 and we were lucky enough to win the league this year and do that so um just want to let you know that it was a it was a great motivation for me to be able to do that because i i know obviously firsthand coming into bishop hannon and beating us how how good that team was and how, how you built that program. So I didn't know you were on that team. That made it a little story a little sweeter. <laughs> um, no, I, I was uh you know what it was really uh it was fun coaching against you, you know, your team last summer and seeing the Mountain View guys and Coach Baines, you know, like kids being on the team and um so I'm glad that you guys won. I was happy for you and I was happy for Jamie. You know, Jamie I left before Jamie got to play for me. Um, you know, I feel bad because it, you know, it's something I had to do. I really didn't have a choice. Um, but between Luke Jenkins, there was, a, there was two or three more, there was at least three more years of, of high level basketball uh, when I left there. Uh, you know, there were some kids who had really bought in and waited their time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the coaches afterwards, they, you know, they came in and they did their thing. It just was different than what we were doing. So now you kids got to learn something new and it just takes some time, but, uh, I'm happy for you guys. And, you know, I hope you guys continue to build on what you're doing there. So it's a, you know, it's just a fabulous community. And, um, I had as many lovers as I did haters. Uh, that's for sure. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, if I could have stayed there for the last 20 years, I would have, trust me. Well, uh, on that note, coach, thanks for coming on. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure for me personally. I haven't talked to you in a little while until uh, just the other day, but it was, uh, it was really great to catch up with you twice now in a week. It was. And, uh, Joe, Casey has my number. You guys have any questions, whatever, let me know. Um, more than happy to, you know, even if I'm coming, if you want me to come out for a weekend, I'll come out. Um, like I said, I don't know if we're going to play. Normally, we start the first week in November. Um, we have a long preseason, so right around now, I'd be getting ready. Um, but now I'm just working on my golf handicap. <laughs> so it went up a stroke today, so I'm not real happy. <laughs> well, that, I'm sure that hat, that hat gives you a little bit of advantage on the on I know, fairway. Buddy. That is. All right. Well, thanks Next for coming Next time you have out, a Mount, Mountain View uh, basketball tournament, you can make sure Casey invites me, you know. I thought you I knew about out. it. You told me about it. Oh, I thought you already knew. My bad. My fault. No. All right. We'll get the, we'll get the word out. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Hey, no thanks, problem. Coach. Thanks for having me, guys, and good luck to you both, all right? Thanks. You too. too. Thanks. Take care. Later. Bye. room when you walk out. Nothing.